Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett. Rob, how are you? Not too bad, Scott. Busy few days of Manchester United transfers, which we'll talk about today. Seems like a lot of them are going to run and run, so there'll be plenty for us to kind of chat about. But it looks like Manchester United are finally active in the window. Yeah, we did a show on Tuesday, uh, put it out, and then United's interest in Terrell Malasia. Malasia? How are we going to refer to him, Rob? What's, I'm going, what's the I'm correct going, pronunciation? I'm going Malachia. It's the Chia bit. That's everyone's going. Is it Sia? 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 Uh, I'm going Malachia. Someone from Feyenoord said that's the correct pronunciation. So I'm going with that. So, yes, United's interest in the Dutch left back. I think he's been capped about five times by Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it came to pass just after we recorded our last show. Uh, so, you know, we haven't had the chance to talk about that yet. So we'll perhaps kick off the show with that. We'll also talk about. Uh, Lissandro Martinez interest. I actually have Lautaro in my notes. That's a bad sign. Lissandro <laughs> Martinez plays for Ajax. Interest in the player from United there as well, competing with Arsenal for his signature. We'll also look at Eric Ten Hag's first week in training. I know that myself, maybe you, Rob, as well, have been... How bad is it that you're kind of excited by just seeing an odd football drill, which just looks like they're trying to drill patterns of play into the players very early on. Uh, how bad is it to get excited by that? Because we haven't seen patterns of play really in this team for about four years. It's bad. Possibly longer. Yeah, it's bad, but really good because I keep saying it. I want to see United be able to pass a ball five or 10 yards and how do you do that? You do it with drill work. Uh, loads of fans say to me all the time, oh, footballers don't need drill work. Yes, they do. You absolutely do. That's how you find your chemistry on a training pitch. So for United to release a lot of that footage and say, so we'll chat about it uh, today. It's good to see that because this is exactly why you brought Ten Hag in, to be a communicator and to be a teacher. How do you think Man City scores so many tappings at the back post? Like drills. It's like they like- practice it. It's like they it's like they practice getting into these situations and pa- practice that <laughs> cross across the box along the floor for Erling Haaland to presumably tap in 68 times next season. We'll yeah. see. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. All that kind of stuff today. We might even just touch on the players that could be offloaded as well. I know there's not really anything new in that, but uh, suggestions are that United will try and move some players on to Heath Chong, potentially close mm-hmm. to moving to final on a permanent deal. We'll discuss that towards the end of the show. But a reminder, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. And I can watch us twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube too. So hit the like button, subscribe, join the community. And uh, follow us on Twitter too, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at PromiseLandMU. Uh, but let's talk, Rob, about the new potential left-back signing, which I'm sure excites you. Because it could spell the end of Alex Tellers' Man United career if they're able to sell him. 
Uh, obviously, I don't hate Alex Tellers, <laughs> by the way. I really don't. I keep getting told this. I, someone called it my Tellers agenda when uh, when like United went out and went, let's let's address Rob's Tellers agenda and sign a new left back. <laughs> He's got a lot of stick, actually, since the end of last season. I think he posted on his Instagram or something like that. Uh, not sure whether this season's been any good or not. Uh, well, no, it wasn't, was it? No, <laughs> uh, From not. a club perspective, and he's, he's took a bit of flack, a bit of stick from that. You know, obviously, he's been seen to be defensively weak, in a sense. Uh, it looks as though... Malasia Malachia is uh, going to come in whenever it's completed. I think that David Ormson has just tweeted about potential complications with the deal on the agent representation side. It's nothing to do with United. It just me- might mean that this one takes a few extra days. But as far as we know, United have made an offer of 50 million euros, 15 million euros, not 50. I don't know whether that was, uh, <laughs> I don't know whether that uh, 50 was just, came out of my mouth then or whether you noticed that but it's definitely 15 million euros not that much money not a very united signing this uh plus add-ons uh and it looks like they've because leon leon are out of the race it looked like for a while that they were going to be the ones to sign him uh but united now in pole position it's just about getting the deal done personal terms etc etc and united should have a new left back which could spell the end of brandon williams's time at united and alex tellez as we say as well does this excite you, this deal, Rob? Because young player, um, obviously, we don't know whether you've seen the footage of Eric Ten Hag watching him in an Ajax final game saying, oh, this boy's good, isn't he? Uh, I, I like it. I like it. What do you think? I like it. And it's because also, you know, when we've talked over months and months and months about the kind of open heart surgery needed at Manchester United, about how you fix things, I've always said, that for me specifically, it's not really about any one position. Like you could change every position at Manchester United. You really could because it's been that bad. But the idea is that as targets become available or certain players that Ten Hag likes can come to Manchester United, you've got to kind of be a position or not be too worried about it. So is left back Manchester United's biggest concern? No, of course not. But can you go and get a player that upgrades your squad in that position? Well, the answer to that is yes. I think with Malachia, like people again, when the news broke, it literally broke like minutes after our show here and our, our phones were going off and texts were flying around. With the player, people, you know, again, fans were like, well, who is this guy? Never heard of him before. Well, if you do watch Yerid Divizzi, you will have seen him and you will know about him because he's a really, really good fullback. You know, he's incredible upside going forward. And also a really, really good defender. You know, he, he does track. He's physical. He's not a big guy. 5'7", I think. 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, so, you know, not your kind of modern fullback around six foot. Um, you know, will he get done on the back post? I don't really think that's massive concern as of today. But he's a good young development project who's already a player that could start for you. So I'm delighted by it. I think it's a really good signing. A few things to tie up now in his personal terms, but at the moment he's on a around thirteen grand a week at uh, at Feyenoord. So I think Manchester United will put an offer on the table that should probably make his eyes water. Two hundred grand a week. <laughs> well, probably <laughs> not. Like that. that would have been Ed Woodward's go, but but I I, I, I think you could probably stick fifty to a hundred on the table and say you're part of our squad now, and he'll probably look at that and think he's won the jackpot. So uh, yeah, twenty two as well. I think he he's a a good uh, player to stick in front of Luke Shaw and say, right, Luke, back to your best mate. Otherwise, this lad's going to play. 
Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, this he's good. Appears to be good technically, uh, good physically, good mentally as well. He, you know, he seems quite clever. He likes to get a hold of the ball, dribble pass, and get involved in attacking situations as well. More than modern fullback, perhaps suited to Eric Ten Hag. And there's obviously a lot of concerns about the fullbacks at United on both sides as well. Diogo Dallo is looking on the right side to be the most likely player to stay on the right side. But obviously, we mentioned Brandon Williams. Alex Tellez on the left and Aaron Wan-Bissaka as well, all up for sale. Technically not the greatest players in the world. So I wouldn't mind the signing like this for the for the other side as well. You know, there's, there's got to be some value out there elsewhere. Uh, but we'll see. United have done this one. It looks, I mean, we don't know when it's going to be completed yet, but it seems like the real hard work has been done because Leon were in position for a long time looking as though they were going to get him. United come in, turn his head, and they've been praised for hijacking. Seems to be the word of the week. We'll talk about hijacking in a little bit uh, more detail when we talk about Lisandro Martinez as well, because that's United have been tipped to hijack that deal from Arsenal as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see when this one comes about. I mean, Frankie de Jong, obviously there's... Ornstein now has just tweeted as well about potential... because. Ali Dursen is also rep- also represents De Jong. Potential issues there. He's not really sure about it yet, but could hold up that deal even more. And it seems like that one's been going on forever. But uh, I'm pretty confident. I'm sure you are too, Rob, about both of these deals being done. Yeah, this is nothing new. Like Again, I know fans get frustrated because they get the tidbits and they get the information that a deal is occurring. And people think it's just a case of kind of dotting the I's and crossing the T's. But this is all legal spiel. It has to go to lawyers. It has to be worked out, especially with a club at Manchester United where there's huge commercial upsides for players. So players want to know that they're getting that right, that they're not getting fleeced by the football club. It's something that Eric Cantona did so many, many moons ago, years and years ago, where he said, I want my commercial rights back. And Manchester United went, what? What do you mean you want your commercial rights back? He was like, well, I want, you know, Cantona 7. I want to own it. I don't want you to own it. There was a huge impasse between the club, his agents, and everything at that time. So this that's kind of how the world has changed with football. So with De Jong and a player like that, he knows that if he goes to Manchester United, he'll probably be the star signing this season. And they're going to make sure that, that he gets paid for that. It's really important. He, he's on 350 grand a week at Barcelona. I get the feeling that he'll be looking for a little bit of a pay rise or at least some guarantees that some more cash will be flowing towards him. To downgrade <laughs> you probably do need to sweeten the deal a little bit uh we'll see i'm sh- I-, I think eric ten Hag wants these deals done before they fly off for the preseason tour which is a week today we're recording this on the first friday the first yeah. of july a key day in the football calendar after contracts expire etc etc there's a number of players who are now officially no longer man united players even though you know united have confirmed this a little while back the contracts are now officially expired and we'll see where Jesse Lingard rocks up, rocks up, whether he goes to West Ham or whatever. It looks like that might be the case for Pogba to Juventus, et cetera, et cetera. So United have got to do some work to rebuild the squad. And let's turn our attentions just across the defence, maybe to the centre of defence, to a player who can play centre-back, left-back, and in a defensive position in midfield as well, and has worked extensively with Eric Ten Hag at Ajax, was signed by him at Ajax from Argentina, Lisandro Martinez. Now, we spoke about him on previous shows, Rob, uh, and it seems as though, and this is according to our understanding, I mean, anyway, that uh, Ten Hag has identified Lisandro Martinez as the 
primary target he wants to bring in at centre-half. Obviously, Pau Torres has been, I think it was put to me yesterday as, always the bridesmaid, never never the bride, really, because he's been he's been in line to make a move to England, to Spurs, to United for a long time now, but nobody's really pulled the trigger. United obviously picked Rafa Varane over him last summer, and it seems like uh, they're going to go for Lisandro Martinez instead of him now, as it stands, although Torres will remain on the table for the duration of the summer anyway. But what's your reading on this at the moment? Lisandro Martinez, very flexible in terms of positions, has experience of working with Ten Hag before. I think he's 24-ish, uh, you know, Argentinian international. Not super tall for a centre-half, but good on the ball. Left-footed as well. Left-footed centre-backs are a rare commodity. Good ones, anyway, in football at the moment. So how do you read this? Well, I would say small for a centre-back, especially in the Premier League. But I think overall, this is all about the new manager. So Pau Torres, as you said, has been on the table for quite a long time. Spurs are looking at him as well. Manchester United believe in principle that they have agree with the agree a deal with the players agent, so they don't they don't feel particularly too perturbed by that because he has a release clause, so that would be fairly easy to to activate if you go down that route. But it looks like that, especially with Martinez and the interest from Arsenal, that United have now decided to get moving on it because Ten Hag wants the player. So I think again, a lot of these signings and a lot of the interest is being directed by the manager. When previous years. United would do it with the scouting department with maybe more people upstairs than people downstairs. But now they're going to the ground level and they're saying to the people on the training pitch, who do you want? And of course, that's all about Eric Ten Hag's hopes and wishes. So Martinez, a really good player. I think the upside of him, if the downside is that he's small, the upside is that he is tenacious and technical. He can play defensive midfield. My United fans will get excited about that. He can play fullback and he can play centre-back. So he gives you options in a defensive capacity, but also, again, a technical player who's aggressive. And I think that's kind of what Ma uh, Malachia is as well. You know, players who, who can put the ball in the deck, can pass the ball, can get you going. But ultimately, you know, they're no shrinking violets. They're up for the fight. You know, they'll flex their muscles and they'll get into battles. Martinez would be a really good player for Manchester United, I think, to either be an alternate between Maguire and Varane or be someone that sits in front of those two and plays a defensive function in a more of a 4-2-3-1. Uh, Ten Hag has copped some criticism in a sense for delving or going back to Ajax or going back to players that he's worked with in the past. What's yeah. your take on this, Rob? Because as far as I understand it, and if you look at this logically, Solskjaer in the past... He, he got United to a place where, you know, things were all right. They finished second in the league. They expected to kick on and that kind of thing. But managers at United now, and I know that Ten Hag's been given three-year deal, I believe. It's a, it's a three-year deal, if I remember rightly, with an option to kind of renegotiate it, depending on how it's going. But Ten Hag ultimately is at Man United and has to deliver results fast. Now, I know they could pro if they win the Europa League or they make strides on the pitch this season and end up coming fifth, then I'm sure that would be okay. But two seasons of coming fifth is not okay. Uh, and I'm reading this as, I understand why Ten Hag's going for these players, because if you want to embed a system, and he's obviously known for his system and his style of play, if you want to embed that in a team as soon as you possibly can, you need players who are familiar with it to help the others along. And I think that's why Frankie de Jong is so important. Malasia obviously is... You know, never played for Ten Hag, but looks like he has the qualities and comes from Dutch football as well. 
And then there's Anthony and then there's uh, Lisandro Martinez as well. So I understand this kind of thing. But do you think the criticism is fair that he's been getting? No, I don't think it's fair. I think that, again, like you're saying, the expectations at Manchester United, you know, we can say until we're blue in the face, he'll get time. It's a long project. You know, these signings, it will, it will be years, not months, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the truth is, and this would have been said to the manager, you need to get top four first year. That's it. That's the, that's that is where we start off at. So fifth is not acceptable. Six is not acceptable. Anything below that is absolutely unacceptable. Probably means you get sacked, even if you're doing okay at Manchester United. So it, it's not. There's nothing new of a of a manager going to a new football club, assessing the damage because at Manchester United there's tons of burnt out parts of the building and saying right, how do I rebuild? You rebuild with what you know. So. It does feel like it's a little bit of a running joke that we're kind of being Ajax FC, you know, and that's kind of rebuilding the football club in that image. But it's not really about that. It's about what the manager already knows. How can he get rebooted on day one and help his new team by nicking some of his old players that have done well for him? That's not new. That happens all the time. You know, say, for instance, Zidane had got the job and Zidane went shopping at Real Madrid. Would people be saying... Oh, you're trying to nick your old players. Why are you trying to make Manchester United like Real Madrid? No, they wouldn't be saying that. They'd be okay with it, wouldn't they? But I think with Ajax, there is this thing about the players, about the Ajax system, and are you going to recreate at Manchester United? I don't think he will, but if he wants to play 4-2-3-1, it does help if you can upgrade with players that already like you and want to play for you, isn't it? Because I think that's the whole thing about De Jong, about Martinez, even to an extent Malachia, someone who Ten Hag has liked for a long time. So there's that connection there already. It's trying to build your squad quickly and efficiently, but also without completely breaking the bank. Yeah, of course, we are talking at the moment on July 1st with United having made no signings, but it could be the case that within a week, when United do fly out on their preseason tour, they could have four if everything goes to plan. Yeah. There was uh, a lot this week. There's a lot of people, a lot of United fans going, my director of football towards Merce, my director of football, here he is. And, and like kind of memes and everything made of... of uh, there was one I saw John Murto kind of as the Godfather in a Godfather poster. Like you saw that classic image. And it's like, calm down, you know, don't get too high, don't get too low. But ultimately, United have been doing this business for a while. This is not new. It's just that now they're trying to pull the trigger on certain deals because you're right, you're getting towards preseason. You want to get things over the line. There isn't a desperation from Manchester United. It's just that they're trying to be calculated and continue their business. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, fingers crossed, everything is done pretty soon. Christian Eriksen, obviously, still has a contract offer on the table. We've yet to hear anything about what his decision is. Uh, he'd be a good addition, but we will see. Lisandro Martinez, I think Ajax are holding out for 50 million euros, which is quite a sum. But Ajax, as we've mentioned on this show, and as I'm sure you've seen, don't need money, really. I mean... They've lost Ten Hag, obviously, but they've sold uh, Sebastian Allaire. Or I don't think that's been confirmed yet as we speak, but that is on the verge of being done for a lot of money. Ryan Gravenberg is done to Bayern Munich as well. They've made money on that. So they don't need to sell. So they're within their rights to... I think they're playing Arsenal and United off each other a little bit, expecting to get to that sum that they want. Lisandro Martinez has already given notice to Ajax that he wants to go. Dutch sources are suggesting that he might lean towards United because of the Ten Hag factor and because of the club stature in itself. But obviously Arsenal are very much on the table 
and that is still an option. So we'll wait and see to, to see what United do. There's been suggestions that they will place a bid over the weekend or really get involved over the weekend, but we will see. Uh, anything to add on the defensive options or potential signings, Rob, before we move on to 9am starts at training? No, I do, I do think that Arsenal were definitely in the lead of this race last week, 100%. They looked, they wanted the player. And again, we knew that the player's agency said that he wanted to come to England. So that was all very clear and established. It was more about how much Manchester United want the player themselves. And Arsenal themselves do know that United do have that edge because of Ten Hag. So all of those things will come into play the next week. You're right what you said there. You believe a, a proper bid will come in over the weekend. And as United try and tie down certain deals. And again, it's about Ten Hag. You know, we're going to talk about training in a second. But it's it's what he feels he needs positionally in those opening weeks. And can he upgrade certain roles and positions? I think with Martinez, he's going to come to the Premier League. It's kind of between one or two clubs. It just depends who can put the best deal on the table. I would not be surprised if Arsenal put in a significant bid above Manchester United to try and get the deal done because they really do want the player. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. I don't think there's a favourite at the moment in the race, uh, but I think I do think United are serious about this. So we'll see how it goes and develops over the next few days. Uh, but Martinez has been on international duty with Argentina as well, I believe, so he's... Again, one of these signings. Oh, we need everything done by mid-June and all this business. He's not going to join you anyway. <laughs> uh, preseason training until next week at the very earliest uh, on next Friday when they fly out for preseason. Liverpool on the 12th of July, I believe, is the first game for United in preseason. First time we'll see Ten Hag's United in action. And they've been putting in the training drills, Rob. Uh, so Eric Ten Hag has taken training this week with up to 28 players, I believe 28 to 30 players, as we've discussed on the last show. And United have been, as we predicted and guessed, uh, and, you know, obviously the United Social Times have been putting out the content. Pictures of the boys in training, pictures of training drills, this kind of thing. I, I wanted to start with you first, uh, Ten Hag's really making these players work hard by demanding 9am starts. <laughs> uh, that's been a running social media joke over the last few days, but at least they're at least they're, they're on board by the seams of it. Indeed, and I, and I think the funny thing is, when looking at the videos, you know, you said there's kind of become a little bit of a, a running joke in terms of them doing drills and doing the basics. It's kind of what's been missing for a long time. So. One of the things I've said before I do at Old Trafford is that I will watch the warm-up drills. <clears throat> I'm a bit obsessed like that. I'll get in the ground an hour early and I watch the warm-up drills because I like to see what they're practising. I like to see what the tone is. I like to see what the focus is. So the ground's always only got like 10,000 people in it or whatever. And you can watch what these guys are doing. And people might say, oh, it's just a warm-up. It's not just a warm-up. It's about focus. So United, I think over time, from Van Gaal's era or being very technical, one-touch football in the warm-ups, and all this, to Ole's style, where it changed over time, and Mourinho was just somewhere in the middle. Now, what we want to see, obviously, in the next few weeks, is Man United showing some technique, don't we? So it was really good to see some of those clips of Ten Hag openly coaching these guys. You know, you can hear what he's saying. You can hear the direction. And you can hear players around him asking him, do you want me to do it like this? Do you want me to do it like that? and him communicating. 
you didn't get that with the last manager. We didn't get it with all age. And that was one of the issues is the communication. So um, I'm quite excited to see Man United players pass the ball accurately five or 10 yards. Because I think if you sort that out, that's like 70% of United's issues. <laughs> it really is. It's a huge part. It's a huge, I say 70% is around. It could be 80, could be 90. Because United can finish. They can score goals. But it's all about losing the ball in the middle of the park from defence to midfield and then going forward. And it's about technique. So if you could bring in players who have got better technique or improve the technique of the players you've already got. I saw Marcus Rashford pass the ball accurately in training. And I thought, he can do it. But you've got to force it, haven't you? This is what the new manager is there to do, to kind of create a revolution, but also to put the simplicity back into the football. Yeah, it's, it's, I would imagine Ten Hag's probably put in through these training methods in order to drill it into the players to, you know, you do it and you do something enough times, it becomes boring, but it also becomes natural. Uh, and, you know, I think that's what United need more of. They never really had any attacking patterns uh, under Mourinho or under uh, Oli either. It was all kind of like off the cuff, you know. Show yeah. you, you boys, show how good you are, kind of thing. Uh, we, but Ten Hag yeah. works differently. Yeah, we use the word identity a lot in football, and, and I think sometimes with journalists it can sound throwaway. But you need an identity of play. You have to, your players have to know naturally what the manager wants to do, and the manager has to communicate that in training. So all coaches that generally say, and I've heard so many say it directly to me, is that half-time you can't really do a lot during a game. The preparation is done Monday to Friday. And if you can get it right Monday to Friday, Saturday or Sunday or Monday becomes a lot easier on match day because everyone knows the identity, everyone knows the philosophy. Just want to mention here as well in these kind of training clips, Steve McLaren. So Steve McLaren is in the middle of this and you can kind of see the setup and it's that Ten Hag is watching, he's there, He's talking, he's directing, but the guy actually right in the thick of it, in the middle with the whistle and the PE teacher stance and the shouting and the screaming is the former England manager and the former United assistant manager who won the treble. So I like that. I think that's a good balance to start off with. And also saw uh, Marcus Rashford chatting away. So did I. So I was going to Steve McLaren. This, yeah. yeah. And Steve McLaren was a little bit like, you know, and you can see it's, it's, it's kind of like directing traffic. It's saying, yeah, okay, you're good at this, you're good at that, but do this. Start on this because this is what we need to do. So he would have looked at the metrics, they'd have looked at everything that all these players are, are good and bad at. What we know they're all bad at is keeping and passing the ball. You've got to work on that. So I think we'll see quite a few what I would call boring passing patterns in pre-season because there might be a lot of you know emphasis on keeping the ball Whereas in years gone by, Vola and Solskjaer, it would be more about getting the ball forward quickly, maybe into the attacking positions and trying to get shots off or shots on goal. Oli used to talk a lot about when a forward had the ball, he wanted them to shoot because he was a forward. That's what he wanted. I don't know. We might get the extra pass now, Scott. We might get a manager who says, no, don't shoot from 35 yards, Cristiano or whoever or Bruno. Pass it and get in the box and get a better shot off. Yeah, well, hopefully. I'd, I'd like to see some patterns and relatively exciting attacking play from yeah. United. Moving forward, I mean, we will see how long it takes to become embedded in the psyche of these United players. Uh, note on Rashford as well, he did actually put an Instagram post out with a caption of well, him on the training pitch with a caption of my happy place or something along those lines. So he hasn't been completely happy for a while, but it is good to see players like that just maybe turning the page a little bit and just starting afresh. Now, United have copped a bit of criticism this week 
uh, and Ten Hag has as well for a suggestion from a report from somewhere which suggested that all these players have a clean slate and uh, Ten Hag would like to give them all a chance to establish themselves. And some fans feel as though the players don't deserve that chance for how they performed at the back end of last season. What's your take on it? The relationship between fans and players is not your traditional relationship. So fans can shout and scream at players because they don't like what they see, accuse them of all sorts of things, not wanting to win, you know, not being good enough, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're going into a business as the new boss, as the manager of that industry, you've got to do that. You've got to say clean slate for everyone. Prove it to me. Prove you're either good enough or you're not good enough. Previous results are there, but they are history. They've come, they've gone. They're not under this manager. So fans are going to have to understand that there's going to be a ton of players that maybe they don't like or do not rate. We just talked about Alex Tellers there, haven't we? And it might be a case that that, that player does well under the new manager or is shown the door. So I don't criticise Ten Hag for that at all because I think that's what he has to do. He has to go in there, get on a training pitch in that lovely new Man United training top, you know, in a kind of spangly orange and all of this and, you know, new, a new turning of the page, etc. again. No, you've now got to find a way to get in these players' heads to win football matches. You can't just do that with new signings. It's impossible. You know, even if you bought six or seven in, you've still got a squad of 26 to sort through and it's going to be a ton of players that weren't very good last year. So you just said there about Marcus Rashford. You know, I think what we're hearing directly from the camp is that the players are really happy with the changing of the guard and that they wanted a more technical coach and they want someone that offers them more leadership on the ground level. And I think that's exactly why you went and got Ten Hag. Ten Hag and Pochettino, not massively different in terms of their outlet of building, how they build squads. But I think the big difference is that Ten Hag is much more like Guardiola. Guardiola. He will build position, 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 take his time in the first year or two, find his way. But like you said at the top of the show, um, he's got to still win. Still got to find a way to win. And you've got to do that from day one and have that in their heads. And I think he'll be telling the players that directly. He'll be saying, yep, we're learning. We're getting a new system going. You guys have still got to find ways to win because otherwise people start knocking on our door and telling us what, what. And ultimately, yes, that, that will be the existing squad are the brunt of... The playing staff and it will remain that way for at least a couple of years so obviously we saw how bad they could be at the back end of last season there's obvious effort levels weren't in there everyone was disillusioned at everything from the top down Ranić didn't really he ruffled some feathers and kind of turned the players off by the sounds of it and according to reports that have come out since his uh since his departure as well uh but yes these players have a lot of room to grow and I think the optimist in me thinks I look at that how badly they performed last season. People are looking at United now thinking, oh, that lot are really awful. You know, they, they've got no chance of getting top four. But you think a year back and think of how much room to grow there was then when they were playing well. So they're somewhere in the middle and they're not as bad as they were. I think I think yeah. that this group of players will, I think they've got a crack at top four for this season for sure. Look, when they got second in the league, there's no way that season before any of us thought they'd come second. No way, nowhere close, because everyone would have thought that it's third or nothing, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. But of course, they broke that cycle because of Liverpool injuries and a terrible campaign. So they, they came second, second by a long way. But I think if Ten Hag came second by a long way this season, in the next 12 months, people would say that's success. So, this is the balance now of trying to find your identity. We'll use that word again, but also motivating players. And I do think that 
you know, when with Ralph Ranick leaving the football club, the big takeaway from that period is that Ralph wanted the team to do certain things, but Ralph didn't have the support of the board or the director of football. Now, that's a problem, isn't it? Because you're telling him to come in and fix stuff and then it all falls apart and everyone goes, well, why is it falling apart? Well, players are not stupid. You know, they know that they've just got to kind of sweat it out for two, three, four months. New manager comes in. He's the guy I need to impress because if I want to stay here, he's the guy who's going to make that decision. So I think that's kind of where we stand today. So I don't think fans should be criticising the new manager because he's willing to give people chances. And that's not to say that United don't have an idea of who they'd like to sell. Obviously, that there's been... Of course. You can you can pick out the players that United are looking to offload. And obviously, they've been named again this week. It's not really new, but the players like Eric Bailly, Phil Jones, Alex Tellez, as we've mentioned, uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Anthony Martial, although I think he might have a chance of re-establishing himself. Axel, Dean Henderson's going to join Nottingham Forest on loan, Andreas Pereira close to Fulham and other clubs. So there will be players that are offloaded. How quickly do you, how important do you think it is to do this quickly? Or is this going to be like a, uh, a duration of the summer transfer window looking for the best deal kind of thing? It's important to get it all done before September the 1st. That's it. That really is it because that's your deadline. So okay, this is the whole thing about the industry and how football works with transfers. Football clubs, I don't think deliberately leave it to, to the last minute. You would rather get stuff done early, but the nature of agents and players and clubs themselves in terms of their own cash flow dictates that stuff just gets held up and knock jams. So we just talked there about Malachir, that deal is agreed in principle. You need to get the wages sorted. With De Jong, we know that the deal is agreed in principle. They're just trying to get the finer points down and done for the lawyers to get that all sorted. Manchester United would desire to get everything done as quick as possible, but it's just not how it works. It just isn't. So I know fans, again, we, we talked off air, I think, about... Um, about City and how that you know they conduct their business. Well, the players that they signed and said they've signed hadn't actually signed. It was just that deals were agreed in principle. So people go, oh, City are doing all their business and United are doing nothing. So this is not me defending the Glazers. It's just me trying to kind of shine a light on what the football industry is truly like. With Martinez, the same thing. You know, he's going to go to either United or Arsenal and it's going to be a little bit of a dogfight. That's going to take some time. So I'm never, ever stressed about transfers and stuff Scott from a fan point of view because why why be stressed about it the club is trying to sort its own house out and it's a new manager and I would rather it went slower than quicker I don't want to see a load of pieces thrown out the door and you go do you know what we could have done with that player why have we just you know he's under contract and we've binned him for like a quarter of his value or something like that um, I think as well we've got, you know, got a lot of expiring contracts obviously those players have gone now the Lingards and the Pogbas of this world. Um, and that's going to be your natural turnover this year. So I don't think you're going to have to do loads of player sales. Funny enough, Phil Jones in training, it's watching him. He looks like he's been working. He looks... He looks massive, buff. doesn't he? Yeah, he looks massive. Yeah. I was looking at him, I was thinking, if he could show the manager with this contract that he's got here left, that he could just even help, That that's good. That's a positive thing. Now, I know United fans would be like, bin him. But what are you going to get for Phil Jones? You're going to get nothing. He's literally going to be a, a free transfer or something, you know, a few million quid. So all of these players have got the opportunity to show to the new coach that they are valid footballers. And I want them to prove it. Prove you can pass a ball on day one. And let's see where we can go from that. Phil Jones, I do believe, is one of the one of the players now entering the final year of his contract. Yeah. Uh, which 
it seems I remember thinking back in like 2021 or something like that. How has he got two and a half years left on his contract? How has he got two years left on his mm. contract? It's crazy. But ironically, I would keep Phil back. Jones over Eric Bailly. I would. Like Eric Bailly got that new contract. And when he got the contract, I didn't understand it at all because he's not good enough. So people like him again because he's all action and all of this. But he literally, and I've said before, cannot trap a bag of cement. So that's a problem for a centre-back because you need them to be technically proficient. Phil Jones actually is technically proficient as a defender and can do sort kind of defensive midfield things. He actually can read it. Of course, the issue for him has been these chronic injuries that he's always had. But I would rather keep Phil Jones than buy. I'd rather get a fee for Baye and say to Phil Jones, yeah, we'll keep you as a reserve for a year. And in a year's time, you could get that... I think he deserves a testimonial. I think he does. Been at the club long enough. He's actually one of the few that's lifted that Premier League trophy. He knows what it's like. And I think for him, it's not as been as bad as some fans make out. You know, for, it's just been those injuries that he's had. He's still a decent footballer. Are there any other players on that list of potential uh, players up for sale that you think the United could really get a tune out of this year? Well, you just said Brandon Williams. So this is the way I read it. Brandon Williams is back in training at Manchester United, as is a few other players. Axel Tuanzebe is also, I have saw him there, obviously, in training as well. Um, and I think those two players, though technically not young players anymore, are players that around the outskirts of your squad, you might be able to improve. Because again, if you get rid of these players, what are you getting back for them? Well, you're probably getting nothing, but you're already got players out of contract who are leaving the football club. So like we just said there about coverage at right back, Two and Zabi and Brandon Williams can give you coverage at right back. But of course, on day one, you're saying to Delo and Wambasaka, you two need to fight it out. There's also uh, Ethan Laird, you could say, could come into the picture. Or someone we've not even talked about yet, you know, in terms of transfer targets. So I look at those fringe players, and I don't believe they're as bad as people say they are. You talk to people at Norwich, they were really pleased with how Brandon Williams developed over the season from being really nervous in the early days of coming into the team to when they're being relegated. It's not his fault. He's actually playing quite well. So you bring that lad back in and you see what you can do because I think he's a tenacious fullback. The fact that he can play left and right means that if you can get a song out of him, then he's worth keeping on your bench or even a little bit deeper than that. Of course, there was, uh, referring back to Christian Eriksen, there was that clip of Brandon Williams last season. Gave him a crunching tackle or got tackled. I can't remember which way around it was. Turned around and gave him a cuddle for being back on the pitch, which was lovely. So maybe maybe Eriksen's decision will be swayed dependent on Brandon Williams' presence. Well, we hope with Christian Eriksen. I do think that it stands at the moment that Brentford might be the mild favourite for this simply because he might want to stay there. And we also know that Everton have come knocking yesterday. So it's interesting now. Like I think Manchester United have given them a contract offer. Whether they'll improve that to compete with the other two clubs, I'm not so sure. But it's one of those things, isn't it, now with Ericsson? If United don't get Ericsson, the narrative will turn to, oh, United can't get players who are on freeze and, you know, you can't get them to the football club. Whereas I don't think that's true either. But yes, let's get Brandon Williams ringing up his mate Ericsson. Uh, maybe they can reunite at Carrington. Let's just finish up today, Rob, with uh, some Bruno Fernandes quotes that have been floating around Mm. over the last few days. I don't know if you've seen them, but uh, he's been speaking about why he signed a new contract at United and some stuff on Cristiano Ronaldo as well. Do you know know this, by the way, but Mighty Min is, uh, we're in 12 languages or whatever. Uh, You can visit us in Italy, you know, uh, Asia, the US, Brazil, et cetera, et cetera. We have uh, an Italian colleague in the team in London who is 
telling me with a degree of certainty that Cristiano Ronaldo and people think in Rome that Cristiano Ronaldo is going to sign and be presented by Roma. And the the first date was the 29th, which is obviously past. I think the next date is early in July, something like the 7th. Uh, and people in Italy are convinced that Ronaldo is going to join Roma. Did you know that? We've heard it, definitely heard it, but I don't believe it because it's not going to happen. The, the credibility <laughs> of the sourcing, again, you know, we have our own sources and we it's have... making television news, though. I've seen it is because in Italy, that's what happens. They kind of make a lot of it up. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. So, you know, uh, the, the whole kind of. Della Sport kind of outlook there about what's true and what isn't true does sometimes get stretched with transfers. Uh, we know that there was a lot of chat last week, wasn't there, about Cristiano prepared to leave Manchester United and his agent had spoken to various parties. But none of that has been confirmed by anyone that you would want to listen to. That's the way I'll put it. So I think that Ronaldo himself is relatively happy at Manchester United, not happy that they've were terrible last year. But I think also that he got his numbers. He kind of comes away from that, chin up, going, well, I'm still Ronaldo. Doing I'm, still doing, I'm mm-hmm. still doing Ronaldo things, aren't I? So, you know, what's the problem? I think it would have been a bigger issue, even if United had won last year. So United had come top four, won a trophy. Say Ronaldo had had a terrible year and scored only 10 goals. That's more likely to trigger Cristiano and say, right, I'm off somewhere else where I can score lots more goals because it's about me. So I think that's the balancing act in terms of leadership. I think Cristiano looking in the mirror, you know, might be saying, well, is there more opportunities for me there? I don't really think like, Serie A has done it. Like, what, what, he did Juventus, traditionally the biggest club out there. Why, why would he go? out there back back to Italy. It makes no sense to me. Why, I think why it... would he go to Roma as well? Where, you know, the, the reports of Ronaldo being unhappy is he wants to compete for trophies. And I know Roma won the conference league last season, but they haven't won anything in years. Well, Roma before are that. miles behind the ticket. Like this is the whole thing. Like people people were towards Jose saying, oh he did so well last year. He really didn't. You know, he won the conference league. But yeah, so what? I think for for Ronaldo the future, if it's not Manchester United for now there's, there's two places you can go. You go over back to Portugal, which I think is on his on his wish list, maybe one day. Might go back to Sporting. There's been talks about Benfica. I can see that Porto. next year. That can happen, I think. And the other side of it now, especially with Gareth Bale taking the option, is to take that leap into the MLS. We've always known that Cristiano likes uh, Miami and those par- parts of, the, of, of America and the West Coast. There's nothing to say there that a good offer came in there in terms of his wages that he wouldn't fancy two or three years in the MLS and do the Beckham route, you know, like maybe even pick up a franchise along the way, a franchise option and become a bigger player outside of just his own courtship as a footballer, go out there as a businessman as well. Uh, I think that's more likely his next step, right? Why go to Roma? I don't, it makes no sense. And no one who makes sense in Italy is saying it. Uh, Bruno Fernandes did say what I hope is that Cristiano will be here with me or with it, there with me on Monday that he's one of those who will come back later because of Portugal's games and I'm not waiting for anything more than that as far as I know there's nothing more to it than that but everyone knows their future I don't believe the club are willing to lose a valuable player like Cristiano he also spoke about uh, potentially bringing United back to the glory days, and that's why he signed a new deal. I had long talks with the club, not about the contract, but about the future, because I want to be a part of that if I stay, and the club wants to win, the club wants to build something. From what they've told me, I believe that they will be back to the standards of 
previous days. So we'll see. I mean, it's all nice to hear, I guess. Uh, might be a long way back, but at least, you know, the ambition is there, I guess. Yeah, look, I, I, I've never really doubt what Manchester United want to do as an organisation. They want to win. And the reason they want to win is because trophies means cash. It's the truth. Like, you become richer if you win. It's a better way of doing it than losing and then earning money and saying, well, we just top four is great, isn't it? I, I think in terms of Bruno Fernandes and Cristiano, I mean, there are two players last year for me that did underperform. So I know Ronaldo got his numbers, but he didn't really help the team find that identity that we were just talking about. But this is why you bring in Ten Hag. Ten Hag has to work with these guys and he has to kind of put the challenge to them, doesn't he? He used to say to Cristiano, you might only be here one more year, but if you want it to make it a blockbuster year, come and help us win. And I think we've heard enough from the new manager that that's the route he wants to take. He wants Ronaldo in his team. He wants Bruno in his team. And those conversations have all happened. So this is why I'm not thinking we're suddenly going to hear tomorrow that Ronaldo's off to Rome or somewhere like that because Manchester United simply do not want to sell. You know, even if he has another a, a bad season or a mediocre season, Cristiano Ronaldo will still sell you more shirts than all of the other players put together completely as one. So you keep him for another year and you hope that he pops. You hope that he gets you that 40 goals, 50 goals, and you, you try and win something off the back of having Ronaldo there. And then, of course, the Glazers will say, box ticked. Weren't we right for paying Ronaldo fifty million pounds in wages? That's kind of the gamble they're taking, and they, you know, they love a Tom Brady. That's what they want. They want a superstar. They want a legend. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to go and join Roma or Mourinho and play in Serie A and come six. He'd rather come six in the Premier League. There's much more money at six in the Premier League than there is in Serie A. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to happen. I just thought it'd be fun to address to what because it's funny though. It is funny. I mean, like, obviously, we spoke a lot about players' incomings and this kind of stuff, but we're doing two shows a week, and United haven't got anything quite over the line yet, although it could be by the time they end up flying out for the preseason tour next week. Could, if all goes well, have four players in. So do not we'll be see. surprised. Do not be surprised if they fly out on preseason day with no sign-ins. Don't be surprised because it happens. So the whole point is that if you do sign a player, what do you do? You stick them on a plane and they arrive in Australia and get and go straight to your squad. That's kind of how it's worked in previous years with Manchester United. And quite often during pre-season, a lot of things bubble up. So we saw in years gone by that Ed Woodward would actually kind of go to the tour and then leave the tour to go and negotiate. Urgent that, business, I remember. Yeah, and, and that year... He didn't sign anyone. Yeah. I think, what, what year was that? Was that the Fabregas year? I think no, that, I think was, that a, was 13. The Fabregas year. So it was like, oh, we're like flying that. back to get Fabregas from Spain. And he flew and then disappeared. And we never saw him again. It's like, okay. So there might be some of that. But don't be surprised. Because I just think that, again, these deals, it's agents who are slowing things down because they want to make sure they bleed every penny out United. And United are 100% used to this. United know that things don't get done because as soon as you put their name in the conversation, the price goes up. We talked about Martinez a lot in today's show. Arsenal are probably going to outbid United to try and get the player, which means United would have to decide to either put their bid up, but do they really want the player enough to bid best part of 50 million? Mm, I'm not so sure. We'll see. Uh, Lisandro Martinez, Terrell Malasia, Frankie de Jong, Christian Eriksen, all still on the agenda. Nothing over the line yet, but we'll see, Rob. We'll be back on Tuesday for potentially 
the latest on new arrivals at United. Hopefully we will get something confirmed by then. But as it stands, we don't have anything. So until next time, just a reminder, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes. And you can watch us twice a week on YouTube on Tuesdays and Fridays too. So head over to the channel, drop us a comment, subscribe, join the community as well, and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B. And that promise I'm you for the show. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. We will catch you very soon. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.